Hello, you're listening to Tentative, uh, a podcast about uh, digital product design. I'm your co-host, uh, Red Lemadin from Stockholm, and with me is the amazing... Ta-ding. Oh, you mean me? Kyle Fiedler. <laughs> Kyle I mean, Fiedler. yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't have added amazing. Yes. I want to talk about designing versus implementing, especially from our conversation last week about iOS design and the like trade-off we have to make there. So um, one of the, thing, the thing that I'm thinking about uh, recently is what, what exactly is the difference? Like when are you designing versus when you're, are you implementing? Yeah, I think this is a very good topic because I'm dealing with it right now. So I guess, yeah, I agree. This is a very good topic. <laughs> and, and, and so, yeah, so we kind of talked about it with our designer meeting last week for iOS. Um, but I also think it, it's something that is prevalent in the web. And I imagine we're also going to touch on another topic, which probably deserves its own episode, which is like, should designers code? Yeah. But I think it's related in a way to design on iOS because it's basically, yeah, I, th- I think there's some overlap. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of overlap. So my thought process is you can design and implement at the same time, right? Yeah. Or you can design and then implement. And the difference to me is implementation is the final product. It's like building of the final product uh, that someone's going to use and design is the thinking behind that implementation does that make sense yeah like design is basically solving a problem and that problem is has like multiple like angles to it so there is the user problem which is like what is the job that the user is trying to do but there's also like the other part of the problem which is the engineering part of the problem and I guess people usually tend to be to belong to one of the two groups. The first group is one that thinks that these problems should be separated, that when you're solving a user problem, the technical problem should not come into play. And those who think that these go like hand in hand because the technical problem affects the user problem and, and vice versa. So some, some user-facing problems might make the uh, engineering part or the implementation part um, a lot harder and vice versa. Like uh, sometimes like some, some engineering decisions will affect user experience. So like the way, for instance, you load an image th- that might affect the way user perceives your app, whether it's fast or whether, whether it's responsive. So I, I to me, uh, at least that's my point of view, is that, these two absolutely go hand in hand and if you don't if you don't think about one of them you won't end up with a really good user experience or generally like just good like product but i guess the counter argument is that these are actually important but they could be done by two different people and that's like the uh the thing you hear most of the time like it doesn't have to be the same person like one person can do the actual design and the other person can do the front end and each one is like specialized in her field and they complement each other in a way. What do you what do you think? Like does having more than one person do the design and implementation, is it better or does it come with some 
hidden cost as well. So yeah, yeah, I I think yeah, I guess it, it depends. In a lot of our cases, I think we've always taken the stance at Thoughtbot of designers should be able to implement their designs, um, and the reasons for that are like we can move a lot faster when designers implement their own designs. We can pivot a lot more and the designers can be a lot more intentional about the things that you're designing, which is kind of like what you were talking about a little earlier. I think you can certainly be successful splitting what we do into multiple jobs, but, but specifically um, the, the design part versus like the front end development implementation part. But I, I would say that like they would need like very close interaction and making, making sure that, the designer's intent is being rendered properly. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, the the phrase that we usually hear of, can you nudge this a couple of pixels to the left? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it became sort of like the iconic sentence that like uh, tried, like tries to m- like materialize this problem of communication, I guess. But I think it's, so the way I see it, and I totally agree with, with what you just said, which is going to be boring because we agree about the topic. But the thing is, uh, if there are more than one person trying to implement one design solution or one, one like user interface solution, you have to deal with communication. And that's where things tend to be really tricky, especially if you're like, for instance, trying to describe an animation. Uh, I mean, seriously, it's good luck with that. It's It's really hard. Unless you have the values, like here are the the uh, keyframe values, it's really hard to communicate the effect you're looking for to a developer without actually going and playing with those numbers yourself. Uh, and and God knows like how designers tend to be very picky about these things, like this animation is not bouncy enough or it's too bouncy or it's too fast, the easing is not right, and there's like so much stuff to, to do in there. And... I guess some things are really hard to communicate. Color too is one of those. Like, yeah, you can you can give the the exact color value, but sometimes you don't know that exact color value like yourself. You're you're also trying to figure it out depending on other things like the amount of content and that sort of stuff. And if you're using Photoshop or Sketch or whatever, there's only that much content you can emulate. Whereas like when you have a real app running and you can just go and change something in the code and see how that affects. Uh, things that's a lot more powerful so that's the way i see it but a lot of people don't see it this way too because they think that these are separate like skill sets and knowing how to describe an animation is a designer skill whereas knowing how to translate that into numbers is a front end or uh, just a developer skill and i guess big companies usually tend to work this way because that's the way they work, I guess, uh, like over specialized, like specialization of each. I think we talked about this in the last episode of like over specific design titles mm-hmm. and like, and I guess this actually ties into that. Like if, if you're doing just like one thing, obviously over time, you're going to probably be better at doing just the, that one thing, but your impact on the product overall is going to be less like, you will just have your area will be just like motion or interactions or this and that's overall like the product might be good but your impact is very limited 
So that, like that's the way I see it. But I guess the the question is not whether designers should uh because there's no like seriously I don't think you can say that designers should or should not. It's just there are some things that work for some companies and some people and some things that don't work. And hmm. obviously designers sh shouldn't do anything. They should do whatever works for them. But the question is is it empowering for a designer to learn to code? Yeah, I think I think it is. And I totally agree with you what, what you just said, which is like designers should do what works for them and what works for their team. And so for some teams, it might make sense for them to specialize in certain things. And then in cases like ours, we, we prefer to have people that are more generalists that want to have control over the full stack. I think it works both ways, though. I think we need to have, and, and at, at ThoughtBot, I think we're lucky enough to have them, but like we we want developers to really care about the design and designers to really care about you know the implementation. And I, I feel like the best way to have the empathy from both sides is making sure designers have some idea of like what goes into building um, the things that we're building from like the front end and back end standpoint. Um, I'm not saying like they should be experts at it, but like having an idea of how the features get built. And then same thing goes for the developers of like having a, you know, a simple idea of like a, a good design eye and, and, and knowing the, the design fundamentals of typography and grid and, and some of that stuff. I think, that way, like both sides have more empathy, and they're you can communicate better because um, we both have like certain language sets too. And so, the more that you know, you can talk development, or developers can talk design, the better communication you'll have. And 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 that kind of goes back to like the big problem that you had, which is like the more people you bring in, the more you have to communicate, right? Yeah. And I feel like the more empathy you have and the more knowledge you have of the other person's job, the better you are able to communicate with them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, yeah, actually, the, the point you're making is interesting because we usually tend to see it from our side, like like designers doing code. But it's actually equally important for developers to be design aware. They don't have to be, like again, as good as designers to implement designs or to make designs. But I guess... There's nothing that that I don't enjoy uh, than working with a developer who doesn't care about design. It's just, it doesn't, I don't like it. Uh, even though that gives me more freedom to do whatever I want. You know, the type of developers who would say, ah, you are the designer, you decide. I usually don't like that. Uh, it's, I want you to have an opinion as well. And me as a designer, I'm going to take that opinion and see if there's any meat to it or if I can translate it into actions, that's my job. My job is basically taking that and making it actionable, whereas just not having an opinion or not caring about design, like, yeah, whatever, you can put red or blue or whatever. It's not it's none of my business. I, I just want to care about the code. I usually don't like working with developers who have this attitude, and I would I would expect them to not enjoy working with designers who send them like, Photoshop or sketch files and like, yeah, figure it out, slice it or export it or do whatever you want. It's your, I, um, my job is done at the design 
step. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. Like if the developer doesn't care about the design as well, as well as the designers caring about the you know the way the thing's built, you can see that in the app. Like you talked about earlier, like if the developer is not caring about the user or the usability of the app, like there are going to be decisions that they're they're making that are design decisions and they'll affect the usability and the flow of the app. And if, if they're not thinking about it in a design sense, like they're not going to make the right choice and either they're going to ship that feature that is, is going to harm the usability of the app, or they're going to have to go back and redo it because the designer is going to point it out. And thus, you know, the cycle of frustration between the designer and developer. Yeah. It's funny because like that cycle has been like the source of a lot of like tropes that like developers don't get along with designers and vice versa. And I don't, I've never experienced this to be honest. Like my, all my, my previous experiences, they were pretty healthy in this regard where like this, even the developers cared about, I mean, I thought about, of course, but even before Thoughtbot, I worked with developers who cared about design and maybe that's like the way I was like unconsciously like picking who I want to work with, <laughs> like uh, people who care about design basically in general. So I guess it's it makes sense. But sometimes I had to, even like, indir- like indirectly, like through uh, open source or otherwise, deal with developers who tend to not care about design. And even if they're not going to be implementing the design, I just would like to have someone who values the work you do. Because like, if you don't care and you still know that it's something important i guess to some degree i can understand like you don't you don't think you have the skills to to give an opinion and that's probably okay but i guess not caring i'm not thinking it's that important i guess it's what would offend me most like yeah i don't care about design it's your thing do whatever you want i don't care i just care about code that sort of like not caring at all also like makes you feel that it's not healthy to work in that team where people don't value each other's like um, added value to the project. Yeah, no, I, so before ThoughtBot, I did work with people that um, they didn't like outwardly express that they didn't really care about the design, but the way that they would implement my designs was basically showing me and like it it would come to me standing over their shoulder and, and doing the classic Okay, nudge this one, nudge this up a couple <laughs> pixels. Like, you know, this isn't aligned with that. Um, and that's basically what led me to writing my own HTML and CSS uh, is because I was frustrated with that, you know, relationship probably just as much as they were. So, like, I enjoy having the control and I enjoy not looking over someone's shoulder and saying, okay, these aren't aligned. This needs to be, you know, a few pixels smaller. This needs to be like a, you know, a smaller font size. This needs to be a bigger font size, that kind of thing. Or like even like doing that kind of thing in a sketch or Photoshop document with comments. Just for me, that seems like overkill. Yeah. And I guess, I guess we're lucky at ThoughtBot because we do both. So I guess I, yeah, I think it's, it's a really, it actually allows you to see a little bit more than what you would usually see if you were just always working in in your like silo. So the thing is like right now we're talking about, so we talked of course about like designers learning to code, but I had the experience of 
being more on the developer side and working with designers who don't know to code. So for instance, from the client side, I don't know, in some situation I would be dealing with designers who don't code and I would be the person implementing. And I can say that's as frustrating as what we were just describing. I'm not sure if you had that experience before. Like there's like the difference between doing the designs and implementing them yourself and working with someone else in the design and ending up the one implementing it. So you're most you're acting most as a front end developer more than a designer. You might be doing both, but at the end you end up the one writing the code. And I had this experience and if the designer I'm working with doesn't know like uh, development or doesn't know the platform, so for instance iOS, then it creates a lot of problems because the way I see it is that the other person would come up with some solution that's based on their previous experiences. So for instance, they would take something from their experience on the web and use it as a solution for an iOS app. And if you know iOS or at least how things are done in iOS, you would immediately see that this solution is bad, both from a user experience point of view and also an implementation time point of view, because it's entirely something that's custom. You have to build it from scratch. You have to make sure it's accessible. You have to make sure it works in different on different devices, etc., etc. And the, the other person doesn't know about this stuff because they don't know the platform. Uh, so I have to like basically always be pushing back, like hey, instead of using this this pattern, how about we we use this, which is actually used more frequently on, on mobile. And uh, I could say that both sides are can be as frustrating as, as each other. Yeah, and, and I think that's where the... Like, you, you talked a little bit about having an awareness and a knowledge. But, like, in that case, having empathy for each other, uh, I think, would have helped the situation, right? Like... Uh, we talked about this a, f- a few episodes ago of like knowing the medium you're designing for. Uh, and one of the things that uh, we talked about was when I was designing the first iOS app that I was you know, doing, um, I basically sat next to the developers and was continually asking, okay, what, what's the development time for this versus doing something like a different design um, and just constantly bugging them. But part of that was, I had, you know, empathy for them of like having some sort of knowledge um, because I was bugging them of like how much time effort it would take to implement something. And then they also had empathy for, for design just because like they, they know what goes into it and they've worked with, you know, me before. Yeah. So yeah, I would actually like to tell you a little bit about code school. Code School is basically uh, an online learning service where you can learn to program. If you're a designer and you will learn to code, actually, that's you a can very learn good place code. To, you can learn code as a designer. That's amazing. And actually, if you're a developer and you want to learn design, you can also like learn a lot of stuff in there. So they have like uh, videos and challenges that you do in browser, so you don't have to install anything. Each course like is basically uh, uh, has like a theme, so they have like this really cool memorable themes like one of the things i remember a lot when i started using rails was like the was it rails on zombies on zombies on rails <laughs> it has zombies in it's it it's rails rails uh, for zombies for zombies so you can only okay. take the course if you're a zombie 
No. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So there's this uh, this like very cool like theming going on. Makes makes every course very unique. So obviously you can learn things like JavaScript, Ruby, iOS, HTML, CSS, all the stuff that we talked about or are talking about. Exactly. Like actually, this is uh, this is perfect for you if you're want to get started with like learning things. And uh, I think they also have an iPhone and iPad app that you can use to learn on the go. If you're the sort of person who travels a lot, could be useful. So to learn more, uh, you can head to uh, www.codeschool.com, Codeschool, one word, and you can get more information there. And as a sponsor of the show, they're giving away a one month for some of our listeners uh if you go to itunes and rate us you'll be entered in for a drawing to earn uh one free month for code school so go do it (laughs) just do it i guess the other thing that i wanted to talk about which is related to this topic is that like we do we do a lot of web design work a thoughtbot and recently we started doing ios as well but we realized that things don't translate one to one moving from web to to ios in terms of like translating the way we've been doing it on the web to ios and i guess i guess it would boil down to the fact that on the web like things tend to be pretty siloed so there's a separate like css file and there is a separate html file and there is the javascript and then there's all the ruby stuff on the back end so it's it's pretty easy as a designer to learn just one or two of these. So obviously HTML and CSS usually, and then a little bit of JavaScript as as you go. But on for iOS or like just native platforms, could be iOS or Android or Mac or whatever, you will be using the same language across the app, uh, and you will be coding in the same environment as the developer, using the same code base, the same language, and the same scope, etc. So one of the things that a lot of designers find it hard is going from this a medium where you have your own like bubble of like, all right, CSS and HTML files are mine. So I own them. I make sure that everything that goes in here, I get it reviewed. Uh, so that that's sort of like ownership. But on native platforms, it's hard to establish that ownership because everything tends to be tied to each other. So your view is going to be uh, feeding off a database that's also pinging an API. And of course, as a designer, you don't care about the API stuff. But to implement that view, you still need to have data from somewhere. So you either get the developer to help you or if you know how to do it yourself, just to send some lower MIPSUM or something. You can do a lot of that. But still, I guess... One part is the fact that it's harder to get into like that interconnected like code base of a, of a native like application. And I guess there are ways that could probably help this. Like, so for instance, if you're doing iOS, you can use Xcode Interface Builder, which allows you to do some of this stuff uh, without uh, stepping on anyone's uh, toes. But it's not always ideal to use interface builder and sometimes it's actually better to not use it for some specific things like color management and that sort of stuff so i guess this is the thing i've been trying to figure out myself because i'm 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 kind of lucky because i i started this a little bit earlier than a lot of people so 
started doing iOS in 2010. And in fact, back then, my knowledge about web was probably less than my knowledge about iOS. And I sort of like stopped doing iOS for a while and then went back to web and, and got better at it. But at the point when I wanted to go back to iOS, uh, the stuff I learned in the past was very useful. So it was easier for me to pick up from where I left. Whereas I think a lot of people who don't have that experience kind of like find it a little bit um, tricky to move from the comfort zone of, of the web where you can implement anything you want to, to an area where, you know, there's like a lot, a lot of unknowns. And I'd be interested to hear, like, I think we've discussed this in the past, uh, but I would be interested to hear your take on this specific topic of like how, as a designer, how you keep your skill set evolving with whatever you're designing for and this is one of the arguments that people have against this is that as a designer i don't need to be learning new code things like i have to learn swift now and i have to learn this and that my job is design and making the ui i don't care about the implementation and it's quite hard to actually have a counter argument to this unless you really enjoy learning that sort of stuff but not all people enjoy it so it's not easy to convince people that yeah of course you need to keep up with the technology because otherwise you won't be able to keep implementing your apps on whatever new platform comes out like now i don't know there's the apple watch and of course you can do stuff uh on a on a graphic editor but how about you would be able to do for instance uh like loading animations or that sort of stuff um, so yeah, the question is, do, uh, like designers need to keep their skill set up to date with whatever is coming out or is that not necessary? I think they need to be keeping their skills up sharp. Um, I like designers and frankly, people that are always looking to learn new things. It doesn't necessarily mean like go learn Swift right now or, you know, go teach yourself HTML and CSS or go learn Rails. Like pick the thing that you're really interested in and continue to sharpen those skills and those tools. And, and I just listed it off a bunch of technology, but it also could be you know, like softer skills like conducting usability tests and getting better at that or conducting user interviews or doing other types of user re research like ethno ethnography or being a leader on your team, uh, being able to communicate better with your client or your team members. Like those are all skills too. And then there's the like whole visual design set of skills of like typography and grid and, and stuff like that. And, and there's always ways for you to push those skills too. But I, I want to see people on my team always pushing those skills, right? Like always trying to get better yeah. at the things that they're passionate about. Um, so like one of the things I love seeing is like, like for you in particular, like you have really gravitated towards iOS design, right? Like, and, and you've been yeah. learning Swift, Objective-C and, and being able to start implementing your designs in uh, iOS. Uh, do I expect every single designer at ThoughtBot to do that? No. Um, but I like, I'm really excited that you are, and I do, do I also go to you and say, Hey, now you, you, since you do all this iOS work now learn how to do, do the same thing in, on Android. Uh, I would imagine like, if I did that, you'd be like, screw this. Like, I don't, 
<laughs> I don't have like you. You probably don't have the same passion that you do yeah. for designing for Android or that you would for iOS. And the the hill there, the the, the hill to climb for for skill set would be a lot harder, um, a lot longer, and frankly, not as much fun for you because you're not passionate about it. You know? Yeah. No, I think I think your point is pretty clear. It's basically do what you're passionate about and become better at it. And as a team, that's going to complement other team members. So, yeah, one, one of us might actually be more like get better at, I don't know, animation or typography. And another one would get better at some specific other thing. And then if, if we need help from each other, then we can share that knowledge and use it when we need it. So like if I need, of course, like, I don't know if I'm working a project that involves Android design, then I would know who to talk to if I need that sort of stuff. So I totally I totally hear your point. And I guess I guess this actually ties up to what we talked about in the last episode of like burnout. I think one of the ways to avoid burnout as a designer is to be learning new things that might might help you in your job but might not be strictly necessary to to do your job. So like becoming better at coding or or user research might not significantly like affect your job that much or or actually it might but in the positive side not in the negative side so you have basically what i'm trying to say is that you have you have nothing to lose to learn new things uh in the worst case you're going to learn new things and then get bored of them and move to other new things and then one day when you need that skill you would still have it there uh, so i uh, yeah so basically that's what happened to me where i learned ios at, at a point where designers didn't really care that much about iOS and then when I when I needed it it was actually easier for me to dig uh in that knowledge that I had in the past and of course it gets rusty a little bit but you you quickly like you you're able to refresh it so what I'm trying to say is I think learning new skills as a designer is uh something that you would benefit from uh regardless of how much it affects your like your current project, for instance. I think that's doesn't even pertain to designers. Like, for, oh, yeah, for me, sure. it's like every, it's everyone. Like, the day I stop learning is the day that I die. Right? Like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be skills around design, but like, I enjoy learning new things and being able to do new things and like pushing the limits of what I can do and make. And so, like, people that are happy with their skill set and and happy with the knowledge that they have like confound me because like <laughs> there's there's like so much out there for you to learn and for you to enjoy and if you're i don't know i i don't think i'd ever be satisfied with the knowledge that i have and, and it, for me it's like always growing no matter like what the subject is yeah so basically what i'm trying to say is that the People who think that uh, designers, or at least who think that designers shouldn't code, that's, I think, the wrong mindset to have. Is uh, I'm not saying the opposite should be, yes, designers should code. Uh, it should be just like designers should go learn something that's not necessarily design. That, that's basically, I think, what it should be. Uh, it could be, I don't know, some people get into game design or some people get into robotics or whatever. But, uh, I mean, tinkering with, I don't know, with computers uh, like uh, Arduino or all of that, make it yourself. 
gadgets. And I guess those things also help you as a designer in, in, in a lot of ways. And as you said, it's not just about designers, but this podcast is about designers. <laughs> so, and I think most of the people who listen to us are either designers or work for designers or employ designers. So I guess they're somehow related to design. So that's why I was like saying just designers. I'm trying to expand our audience. Yeah. So that, yeah. Farmers. Know, we have more than three people listening. Yeah, farmers can learn from <laughs> anything. So yeah, if you're a farmer, please go learn stuff. Yeah, but basically anyone that applies to anyone, which means we don't need a, a firm answer to this question, really. It's it's not a question per se. No, and I really like a lot of a lot of the arguments that that we have on the internet are like arguments that like <laughs> we need a you know black or white answer like designer should code or designer shouldn't code which one yeah. is it like there is no in between you, right you should you should As use if... photoshop you should not use <laughs> photoshop i don't know why why we're obsessed with like uh these uh like black and white binary things. um yeah. yeah i don't know either it's, i think it's... i know why maybe because we make software and software is binary so our brains also start thinking in binary <laughs> maybe we're we're turning into machines without knowing it because, like, quite frankly, Slowly that's the feeling surely. I yeah, that's the feeling I have. Like, everything needs to be either yes or no, black or white. Must use, should not use. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that always like confuses me is um, when when people say designers should code or shouldn't code. It's like, at what point do I know code? Oh yeah, that's that's a very <laughs> good like, question too. <laughs> <laughs> because so like, there's like a scale of knowledge, right? Like. I don't like I don't like walk into you know school and and leave that day knowing everything about a programming language right like there's yeah. a, like <laughs> it's not a light switch it takes a lot of time to like get to know how to do something <laughs> no matter what it is so like on that scale well, like where is it that I like finally say oh I can code yeah or and then what, what is code? What basically? is code too? Like HTML and CSS, pe some people call that code. And for me, that's like markup. Uh, yeah, it's markup and style, right? The, yeah. It, it's not, yes, I'm typing like code? letters <laughs> to get the style instead of dragging my mouse around. But, but JavaScript would probably be closer to what do you think of code? Because like you have logic and things like that. Yeah. So if you make it like an interaction or so the whole like argument is just stupid. Yeah, it Done. is like like most of the internet arguments, they're stupid. <laughs> All right, I think we sealed this one. This one is good. <laughs> it's like whenever someone asks us about should designers code or do designers code, I'll just send them to tentative.fm slash nine. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end this. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's shut up. So thanks for listening. You can find our show notes at tentative.fm slash nine. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm and say nice things. Uh, if you want to say mean things, you can tweet at Rita. Uh, if you want to email us, you can shoot us an email at hosts at tentative.fm. And if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. Five stars five stars all the way if you didn't like the show again tweet at rita <laughs> i am Ka at kaishin on twitter so <laughs> if you tweet at rita you're gonna end up somewhere else <laughs>
So I recorded an interview with um, Ed from Between Screens. I really encourage you, if you like this show, to, to go check that out. Um, me and him talk about jobs to be done and design sprints and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so we'll have a link to that podcast in the show notes. Okay, All we right. should end this. I think, I think, uh, I think I'll have to, to go. Uh, have a very good day and yeah. uh, talk to you someday. Cool. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye.